Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it's my privilege to welcome a very, very accomplished young person, Justin Jesudas. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. Uh, very, very happy to be here, uh, to be part of this uh, uh, podcast. Thank you so much for having Thank me you. here. Thank you. Justin is the CEO of the Spinal Foundation. He has been working on disability inclusion at the workplace. He's worked with Cognizant Technology Solutions. He has been a part of the International Paralympic Committee. He's a para-athlete in swimming, rifle shooting, and he has won swimming goals in the para-Asian Games at Jakarta, Jakarta, Glasgow, and Toronto. So Justin, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? Right. So uh, often my milestones are not painted by uh, results, uh, but by uh, realizations and the decisions that I've made. Uh, so I'd uh, go in a reverse order. Yeah. Definitely the arrival of our twins a uh, couple of years back, uh, they're two years old now, uh, uh, has been, you know, one of the Wonderful. key milestones. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Primarily because, uh, you know, as a quadriplegic who's paralyzed neck downwards, parenting isn't easy. Mm-hmm. So it's been a journey of uh, self-discovery uh, in a different dimension totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, from thinking, you know, 11 years back when I first uh, met with this accident, mm-hmm. uh, uh, being paralyzed neck down, uh, where the only thought was, okay, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be bedridden. Mm-hmm. From there, you know, moving on uh, to be uh, uh, completely dependent for all the activities, then being interdependent, then realizing that, uh, okay, despite a neck down paralysis, uh, if I, you know, uh, do the right techniques and keep practicing, I can still be independent. Mm. From there on, now to, you know, actually uh, take care of uh, two uh, toddlers, I think that's that's been uh, a very important milestone in my life. Uh, the second one would be uh, the decision to pick up sport. Uh, okay. uh, that's been uh, life-changing for me in one way or the other. Uh, but even beyond that, uh, now the fact that, you know, after uh, uh, being what I am in sport, a lot of people are now taking up sports. So mm. I think uh, that uh, has been very important for me. Mm. And the third one is, uh, you know, soon after the accident happened, not not ex- actually soon after, uh, a year and a half after this accident happened, I think that was uh, the moment uh, which changed my life, uh, you know, to be what I am today. Mm. Uh, there were two startling revelations. One was, why am I focusing on something that I don't have any control over? Mm. Because the first one and a half years after my accident, I was only focusing on, you know, uh, I should be able to walk. The hope was there. Mm. And uh, just like anybody else uh, who, you know, goes through this kind of uh, uh, accident, the first thing is to uh, to be able to walk again. Mm. Um, despite knowing that the prognosis for a spinal cord injury is always poor, that's what is always in the mind. Uh, it was at this moment after a year and a half, uh, I realized, why am I uh, focusing on, you know, uh, the lower body? It's okay. If when I'm able to walk, I probably walk. But why am I not focusing on things that I can control? My shoulders were mm-hmm. great. Uh, mm-hmm. Partial elbows and nothing below that. Mm-hmm. So if I strengthen my shoulders and uh, uh, biceps, probably there is something. So that mm-hmm. was one moment. Mm-hmm. And that made all the difference uh, in the last 11 years. Wow. The second was, why am I... Uh, one, I am not living my life uh, because 24 by 7, my parents or my wife uh, were the hands and legs that I didn't have. Mm. Um, they were not living their life either. I'm not, mm. I was not, uh, you know, uh, indirectly not, uh, not letting them live their life. So for me, it was like, uh, 
I think that should change. Mm. I should see what all I can do. I should start doing it and small goals from there one by one. And uh, today, I think I do a lot of things uh, more than uh, the so-called people without disabilities. So I think, yeah, these three would be on top. And very consciously, I chose all of that after my accident. Uh, okay. There were milestones before my accident, yeah, but I think that's a different life. Absolutely. This, this is a, what an amazing story. So, you know, now you're the CEO of the Spinal Foundation. Tell me about what you're doing here. So, uh, the Spinal Foundation is the pan-India organization, the national organization, uh, organization for people with uh, spinal cord injuries. We do development projects for them, mm-hmm. uh, try and, uh, you know, uh, uh, get access to rehabilitation, mm-hmm. um, basically try and empower and enable people with spinal cord injuries because uh, uh, when a paralysis hits you, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, that hits you mm-hmm. uh, and there are a lot of things that go along with it. So how can a person live with a spinal cord injury uh, despite all of these serious complications? Mm-hmm. How we can enable them, empower them and uh, get them on track uh, is something that uh, we work on in, at the Spinal Foundation. Okay. And, you know, when I was reading about you, uh, there is a quote which said that no concerted effort to push for improved quality of life for persons with sp- uh, spinal cord injury exists at a national level. Tell me about the challenges that people in our country face who have a spinal injury and what needs to be done. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so when a spinal cord injury hits, it's not just the inability to walk. A lot of people think, you know, when you're on a wheelchair, it's just the inability to walk. Uh, only the mobility is affected. Uh, but what happens with a spinal cord injury is you don't have a bowel control. You don't have bladder control. You don't have a sensory. Uh, uh, there are sensory deficits. Um, you know, you also do not have uh, regulation of your body temperature. Uh, for example, when the external temperature increases, your body temperature increases along with it mm. uh, and you tend to pass out. If it decreases, you start shivering because uh, that regulation of body temperature goes away. Uh, your circulation, blood circulation is, uh, you know, impacted. So there are multiple complications that hit this uh, this uh, population. Mm. Now, apart from all of these internal barriers, there are external barriers as well. Mm. Uh, for example, um, the number of beds that we have for rehabilitation is probably around a thousand to two thousand beds every year. But the number of incidents in, of spinal, in our country, entire country, focused on spinal cord injury uh, rehabilitation, and the number of incidences that happen, uh, we don't know the numbers. Mm. If I have to take the estimates of, uh, let's say, WHO or UN, we are talking about fifteen thousand incidences every year. And if you multiply that for the last 10 years or 20 years, the number of people with spinal cord injury is, is a sizable population. We're talking about, you know, uh, anywhere uh, from uh, 5 lakh to 10 lakh uh, people. So that clearly is, is one of the biggest challenges. Mm. And if I have to sum it with one statement, we don't have any data of people with spinal cord injury. They are simply not accounted for. Mm. And a couple of decades back or a few decades back, the treatment for spinal cord injury was simply to, uh, you know, for them to be left to die because nobody knew how to, you know, manage it. Hmm. Uh, at least in the last few decades, uh, you know, people have realized doctors have, you know, kind of put something called physical medicine rehabilitation because hmm. the only way to, you know, uh, move forward with a spinal cord injury is to manage it uh, with, with whatever is available and not, to, there is no treatment at all. Okay. Is, uh, is accident the only reason for spinal cord injury or are there other reasons also? 
there are there are other reasons so uh, the biggest uh, in india is obviously the road traffic accident mm. uh, but uh, the second biggest uh, is fall fall it could be fall from trees or it could be fall from construction sites mm. uh, then you also have people you know who try adventure activities in swimming pool and all mm. shallow pools so that uh, also adds up so mm. these are the top 3 uh, 4 yeah, reasons so you know just justin tell me you know you are also doing a lot of work on disability inclusion help me understand what is the status of inclusion at the workplace and in life in our country right so um, i'd say disability incl- inclusion in india uh, both uh, 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 in the corporate workplace and uh, in the society is just uh, scratching the surface at this point okay. uh, uh, primarily because uh, if you look at a lot of these companies mm-hmm. uh, simply the population uh, of people with disability uh, versus the people without disability we are talking about 0.5% of the workforce uh, with disability mm. uh, in some of the companies that are pioneering probably touching around uh, 1 or 2% mm. but the industry average we are talking about uh, 0.5% so that's where it stands in the corporate uh, yeah. world uh, in terms of uh, the civil society uh, when you walk out uh, you can tell me how many people with disability you actually see in mm. your favorite movie halls uh, or at the restaurant it's mm. it's very very less uh, that compared to the statistics that the world bank says that there are close to 40 to 80 million people with disabilities in india wow if yeah if that is a case the number of people you see hardly any probably you know months together you might see one person with a disability mm. so that's where we are standing in terms of disability inclusion uh, even that number 40 to 80 million is primarily because uh, there are no uh, proper data uh, the census is outdated numbers that we have mm. and uh, probably this coming census uh, we should have better data very interesting and you know what can government and society do to change this right so i think that's that's the big question mm-hmm. um but if i have to you know uh, slightly track back and say here uh, when countries and this is proven research when countries do not include people with disability mm-hmm. uh, the economy loses uh, 5 to 7% of its gdp correct now in the indian context if we do a, a rough calculation we are talking about 100 billion dollars being lost mm-hmm. year on year because we are not including people with disabilities mm-hmm. now from a government standpoint uh, yes there are rights uh, uh, the the bill was passed a few years back mm. rights for persons with disability now uh, while there are clear cut rules and all that stuff it doesn't penalize uh, when organizations do not follow it mm. to start with uh, the education system is not inclusive enough still mm. uh, when when people with disabilities when children with disabilities want to get admitted it becomes a huge challenge it could be physical it could be intellectual disability that becomes a challenge i think enforcing of the uh, act the bill that we have is is very very important mm. uh, now from a corporate standpoint though uh, what organizations do is they talk about diversity and inclusion but a very key component uh, be it society or corporate workplace is equity mm. now equity should not be mistaken for equality correct uh, a lot of organizations think that uh, that that clearly can't happen this workplace equity needs to be put in place uh, and the same has to happen in the society as well mm. once equity comes in place then i think it's a level playing ground mm. and people with disabilities can you know do things for themselves correct. and then even the pension that is being given that may not be given disability mm. pension mm. now if i have to give an example what equity is 
Now I drive a car. Mm-hmm. I I drive a car. I drive in the same traffic that you drive mm-hmm. in the same road. I don't have a different lane. Correct. So it's, there is no preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. But the equity there is there is a slight modification that I made in the car, Correct. which has a lever for hand operation. Right. Right. Now something similar, which we call as reasonable accommodation, has mm-hmm. to be there. in the society and in the workplace mm-hmm. when that reasonable accommodation happens right it could be through uh, knocking off the architectural barriers mm-hmm. it could be knocking off the financial barriers or the educational barriers then everything becomes a level playing ground and i think that is very very important very very fascinating thank you for sharing this so justin let's now move to you as a sports person uh, you know when you were talking about your milestones you said that you that one of your milestones that you decided to embrace sports first tell me about that journey and then we'll talk about all your gold medals sure uh, so um, see i wanted to pick up basically sport to be physically active initially in the initial days and i started with uh, wheelchair basketball uh, because i played basketball uh, before that hmm. uh, when i went there i realized as a quadriplegic uh, i i'd not be able to play basketball because my triceps power is compromised mm-hmm. and that's important for shooting the ball mm-hmm. now uh, despite that uh, there were few weeks that i started going with other paraplegics uh, now mm-hmm. quadriplegic as against a paraplegic is you know i am paralyzed neck downwards I, my hand functions are compromised upper extremities are compromised but a paraplegic is only paralyzed uh, you know either chest downwards or waist downwards mm-hmm. now i started playing with them uh, but the first week there were seven of us we had fun and all that so second week that became five third week became three mm-hmm. and finally there were two of us the other one had to be there because the coach was in uh, his community mm-hmm. now because that's that's primarily because public transportation is not accessible mm-hmm. uh, i also felt that probably then uh, if if this is going to be the scenario i have to pick up a solo sport i mm-hmm. picked up swimming i learned swimming 3 4 years after the accident uh, i was not a swimmer before uh, and that itself was a unique uh, journey mm. uh, because uh, nobody was willing to coach and youtube was my coach because wow when you're paralyzed neck downwards nobody knows you know how how they should be coaching mm. and second when i picked up swimming i was 34 uh, and for the coaches uh, you know if you're 34 years old you're not a medal prospect mm. so so they're like okay Uh, why don't you just uh, get into the water and try so uh, the first one month was difficult but i realized uh, you know there is uh, some potential there 3 uh, 4 months down uh, i was easily swimming about uh, you know 700 800 meters in the swimming pool in the center lanes because i didn't want to be distracted mm. uh, but beyond winning all these medals and i i probably say i i am a part time uh, sports person mm-hmm. i wouldn't even say i'm i'm you know uh, i've been fully involved uh, because when i compare myself with other uh, elite athletes mm-hmm. uh, that's full time for them and for me i had a full time work uh, family stuff beyond that taking care of my uh, own stuff uh, because of the disability uh, personal care and all that stuff so if if i have to ask myself uh, did i reap uh, whether output good enough for the input that i put mm-hmm. i'd i'd say it, it was overwhelming for me mm-hmm. uh, because for the little time that i actually invested in sport uh, but sport changed the entire outlook for me because it's for sport that i'm so active today mm. uh, i'm physically so active despite a neck down paralysis is because you know i embrace sport for fitness and for recreation and for fun fantastic uh, but you know justin i'm i'm amazed so someone who started swimming at the age of 34 you go on to win gold medals at jakarta glasgow and toronto i mean no, what actually, kind of uh, 
So what primarily Toronto. Put in? Yeah, primarily Toronto. In uh, Asian, I finished in the top five. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so if so, a lot of people have asked me, and I've told them that uh, I did not miss a single day of training. Okay. So uh, morning, you know, uh, I I find uh, uh, it funny because. you can make excuses to disable yourself correct you can say the weather is not great it's mm. raining today mm. uh, i found reasons to enable myself and i think that's the only difference every single day i said to myself no i'm going to go and do this mm. uh, i didn't find any excuses and i think that's all the difference mm. and you know when you were traveling to all these locations how did you prepare yourself before one of your big races you know because you you were what on must have been racing all the time yeah so in the peak of my uh, sports journey yes uh, in fact uh, uh, there were times when i had to finish the national championship uh, um, uh, that entire 3 uh, 4 days of uh, race um, left belgaum uh, at around i think uh, 10 o'clock reached mm-hmm. chennai at around 12 o'clock uh, at 3 o'clock i took the flight to delhi mm-hmm. uh, from there uh, spent the whole day in delhi uh, for all the you know paperwork the following night left uh, for a flight to russia from there to poland uh, did the race there and then i had to come back for another race uh, see for me i think uh, uh, as a sportsman you have that endurance hmm. um, for me what was more uh, tiring than actually the physical endurance part was to check on all the accessibility part hmm. because every single person for example if you have to go to the restaurant or to the you know uh, any hotel or anywhere you have to travel mm. for you it's all about just packing the bag and going mm. for a person on a wheelchair uh, you have to figure out if the washroom is accessible are the doors big enough mm. i think that was the more tiring part and you know explaining it to the authorities uh, to the indian authorities or to the other authorities saying that hey this is exactly what i need without this for me staying there is going to be a challenge So I think that was the more tiring part, but okay. uh, you know, a sport per se, because I absolutely enjoyed it. It was fun. Amazing. So I've got one more question for you, uh, and then I'll move to some questions personally. You know, given the fact that you've been through turmoil in your early life, and then you've come out of it, and you know, have seen so much success, what are some of the core values you believe in? So I think. Um, this is one uh, fundamental uh, uh, thought that i've always had in my mind uh, and it's just to be like water right it takes the shape of uh, uh, whatever it is put in uh, no hang ups uh, you know uh, does not defined by any shape or form uh, in its free uh, flow uh, unless the other person you know actually takes it in in uh, in the way they want so just keep flowing uh, don't get stale uh, when you do that you're absolutely adaptable uh, and flexible and eventually in the end uh, if you keep flowing even the strongest of mountains can be eroded so i think that's that's always been there in my mind uh, mm. right from my childhood mm. and i think that's that's what i play by fantastic uh, now a few questions for you personally again justin for someone who's seen so much success and now with two year old twins as you look at life ahead what does success mean to you sure uh so i think my measure of success is uh, going through all the experience uh, and yet being happy i think mm-hmm. that's all that matters uh, it is not defined by uh, what i win uh, what i uh, you know actually achieve uh, i think i want to enjoy the journey mm-hmm. which is why i always keep telling to the younger sports uh, persons who are coming because most of them who come along with me are uh, either uh, you know anywhere from 16 to 24 not beyond that mm-hmm. um, so i keep telling them enjoy the journey enjoy the experience than you know actually uh, looking at uh, 
uh, eventually results will happen if you if you uh, do the right things and if you put the right input the output is going to be great eventually you will get there uh, but while doing that uh, don't miss out on the experience that you have and uh, in my personal opinion i know uh, uh, you know others a uh, lot of people uh, are verticalized and they think of you know a singular goal that they want to achieve which is great uh, mm-hmm. i think my definition is uh, to be much more horizontal experience the different things and in the process you know if you're happy i think great uh, i think that's that's exactly how i define success for me in my life phenomenal my next question i ask a lot of my guests you know is what inspires you but before you respond to that i've got to tell you that you inspire me i mean what an amazing story of determination and grit so now you tell me what inspires you to keep on pushing yourself to do so many new things uh sure uh so i i don't think there is one single source of inspiration for me uh, i personally believe and uh, although uh, you know this this might uh, um i don't know how to put it actually because uh, i think every single person uh, has some kind of a learning if only we know we uh, we uh, intently listen to them mm-hmm. everybody has a story uh, today uh, you know few people might celebrate me call me an inspiration mm-hmm. but i think if if we understand everybody's uh, life there is something that you can uh, pull out inspiration from if only we intently listen to them mm. uh, so on that note yes uh, a lot of inspiration around me uh, but if you you know uh, push me to it and ask me you know you have to name uh, one or two i no bigger inspiration than my parents uh, themselves yeah. Yeah. very interesting very interesting so i got time for now two more questions for you uh, and i'm trying to debate but let me first ask you you know given all the fun things you seem to be doing in life What is the most outrageous thing you have done post your accident? I'd probably say my uh, accident itself was an outrageous uh, thing crashing the car. Oh. Uh but uh, yeah I I've uh, against all of uh, or a lot of people's advice I I went ahead and did scuba diving but even beyond scuba diving scuba diving I still feel is somewhat safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did uh, you know uh, a beach surfing okay. lying on the surfboard and uh, you know against the wave and all that stuff mm-hmm. so i think uh, those two were uh, pretty adventurous i'm always you know uh, uh, an adventure uh, junkie uh, i i love to do that uh, so i think these these are fantastic. probably few things fantastic and the last question and i think you did answer it i was going to ask you do you want to talk a little bit about your accident Sure yeah absolutely i i uh, it's it's pretty simple i drove uh, uh, faster than i i should have which is absolutely mm-hmm. wrong um so um, yeah i hit on the divider and the car uh, car uh, toppled and all that happened is one fracture uh, at the neck bone and that poked my uh, spinal cord and uh, uh, so spinal cord uh, is what sends signals from uh, head to body and body to head back uh when that is severed there is absolutely no cure uh, uh if if uh, you know anybody who is listening or watching if you know christopher reeve he had the same uh, similar accident uh, he fell from a horse mm. uh, so there is absolutely no treatment for it uh, but one thing that i want to say uh, yes you're going to be paralyzed for the rest of your life mm. but with that you can absolutely live a wonderful life Mm-hmm. um if if only you know you manage a few things if only you think through mm-hmm. so there is a beautiful life uh, possible uh, despite a paralysis and i know it because i'm living it what an amazing high note to end on justin thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you and as i mentioned 
if someone asks me who inspires you, I'm going to give your name. I mean, what an amazing conversation this has been. I wish you lots and lots of success uh, in whatever you're doing. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me here again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.